Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. My prayer tonight is that I can minister by the grace of God to your individual heart and that I can actually stir our collective heart. So we're going to do that. Okay, was anyone here last year? Yeah, you were. <laughs> okay, so last year I spoke a message called On Your Feet, Daughter Zion. Does anyone remember that? If you don't remember it or you weren't here, you can actually go on to the Channel Now app and you can actually find it in there. Because I couldn't even remember what I preached about last year. And then I was skitting through the, um, the Channel thing and I went, oh look, that's what I preached and it was good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, I spoke a message called On Your Feet, Daughter Zion. And if you recall, I took some verses from um, the book of Micah. I'm not gonna read them to you tonight. And I actually played with the idea that you and I in Christ, you and I in Christ um, are actually girl boss girls of the purest kind and um, in the most releasing manner. We are girl boss girls who again, by the grace of God can find our song And when we find our song, we can actually sing others to freedom because of it. And obviously I'm not talking about a song song necessarily. I am talking about the testimony of our lives, what becomes our song of salvation in our lives. And then a few weeks back here in Australia, um, I spoke a message called Endless Remembrance, Endless Reminders. And what I did was I took three prophetic promises that have been spoken over our lives collectively together. And I took them and I reminded our church here in Australia again, but I reminded our church of some of the calling that is upon our lives together. So if you were in that particular Sunday morning church, basically three promises. One of them was a King's promise. They're gonna go on the screen, hopefully. Praise the Lord. I talked about a King's house promise. In other words, many years ago, Pastor Steve Penny, and we actually need to be praying for him because his health is really under duress right now. But Pastor Steve has has an incredible prophetic ministry. He spoke this over our house and he said, you know what? This church, by the grace of God, is gonna be a King's house, a house fit for the King, which actually is very beautiful that we could be a part of that. We could be a part of building that on the earth and that people would come into our presence, come into this house and actually sense that they were in the presence of the Almighty. Amen. I spoke about a you haven't seen anything yet promise. All right, again, if you're unfamiliar with that, go to the front end, I think, of the Stay the Path, my Stay the Path book, and I talk about it. But again, it was a prophetic word many years ago where this woman prophesied and said, you haven't seen anything yet, woman of God. And this was way back in the early days. Our church was about 5,000 strong at the time. And it was incredible. And so I reminded our church of that because as much as that was a foundational promise spoken many years ago, it is still in motion. And even today, God would say to us collectively, do you know what? You haven't seen anything yet. Woman of God, can I declare it over you? You haven't seen anything yet. 
If there's a man in the room today, gentlemen, men, you haven't seen anything yet. If there are young people, do we have any young people in the room? There you are! I love you, praise the Lord. (laughs) Do you know what, young people? Look at me. You are living in the most exciting days. For some reason, God has chosen to plant you at this time in history. That means He has wired you for greatness. And you know what? You haven't seen anything yet. And so I love that. And then the third promise that I spoke about that morning was an Isaiah 49 promise. And it was something that I shared with um, the Heart and Soul of here in Australia, Heart Heart and Soul Night, um, about three years ago. It was something that was very tender, very personal, very private. I didn't share it quickly or lightly. But reading Isaiah 49, it says where God whispers and says of Israel, His people, He says, Israel, my servant. And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my ear, Hillsong, my servant. I felt like He was saying, you're my servant, you're my servant on the earth. And the reality of that was not exclusive or anything like that. It was basically the tenderness of God saying, I actually trust you. I trust you, church. And so I spoke of these three promises and you know, they can go down now, but the feedback was kind of astounding, to be honest. And people were saying that they felt like the atmosphere opened afresh. And because of it, their hearts leapt within them. And it made me think, why? Why would that message so resonate with our church? We have profound pastors and preachers and teachers all the time, but why would that particular message so resonate with people? And you know what, I think the answer is that when something is truly prophetic and proven, it will always resonate. It will always inspire, it will always stir. And so tonight, that's what I wanna do. I wanna, I believe the Spirit of God would remind us of a handful of things, six things. Three things that you were never destined for and three things that you are destined for. And you know, on a night like tonight, it's a, again, it's a luxury that I get to speak into the life of our entire sisterhood around the world. You could talk about anything. And I have laboured over what to say tonight, but again, I feel the Lord would remind us. So I am calling this message, last year it was On Your Feet, Daughter Zion. This year, I'm calling this message, Come Out of the Shadows, Daughter Zion. Come out of the shadows, daughter Zion. And it's gonna go up there, maybe. Praise the Lord. When it does, give them a hand. And it really doesn't matter. Oh, there it is. They're tricking me. It's in the circles. As I pull up my pants. Do you know life is so busy right at the moment, girls? I need new bras and I don't have time to go and buy bras. Right now, I'm wearing a bra that has wire on one side and no wire on the other side. Okay, the girls, the girls are possibly a little upsided here. And I have so many people who help me in life, but you really can't send them out to buy your bras, can you? So anyway. Come out of the shadows. Everyone say, come out of the shadows. Daughter Zion. Are you saying that in New York? I hope you're saying that in New York. And LA and Phoenix and Canada and in Moscow. 
I'm gonna try to speak clearly so that you can all translate me clearly. Good luck with that. All right, three things. Three things that you were never destined for. Number one, again, you were never destined again for the shadows. Girls, look at me. You were not destined for the shadows. You were not destined for that. You were never destined to um, feel lost. You were never destined to be captive, whether that is literal captivity, because that does happen in this world, or whether that is captivity of soul. You were never destined for that. You were never destined to have your potential quenched by the shadow lands of this fallen world and a spiritual enemy. You were never called to that. You instead, you were destined rather to enter the light. You were entered for the light, not the shadows, for the light. You were destined to enter the light. You were destined to live in the light, to flourish in the light, hallelujah. To literally find your way home one day to the light. Because the light isn't some just force, it is the person of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the love factor in this world. You are destined for that. Your destiny in Christ, in Christ, is pleasant paths that lead to pleasant places. And of course, you know what? There are going to be some 23 moments where we face valleys and we face shadows. We've been singing about that tonight. Of course, they, um, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death, there are gonna be those moments where you face those valleys, those shadows, those challenges, and sometimes those enemies. Even Psalm 23 deals with the enemies. But I'm telling you, all of those things do not change God's intent nor heart for you, nor His ability to execute His heart for you. So we need to remember this in Jesus' Name. Look, I could have quoted any part of Scripture to you tonight because it's all awesome, hallelujah. But I'm gonna read to you from Psalm 16 in the Passion. And basically David, King David, shepherd boy, shepherd king, the man who was described as the one who had a heart after God, he got it. Despite everything that he faced in life, he got who he was and what he was about. So allow me to read to you Psalm 16, verse five. It says, Lord, Lord, I have chosen You alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in Your hands. How profound is that verse alone? How good is that? That is gonna minister to someone right now. You are anxious about your destiny, your life. And I just wanna say the Word of God says to you and big brother, King David, hallelujah, says, do you know what? You can leave your destiny and its timing confidently in His hands. Verse six goes on, it says, your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. <coughs> Verse eight, because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experienced your wraparound presence every moment. For I experienced your wraparound presence every moment. Isn't that awesome? I mean, surely that is a goal. Is that not a good goal? That we might experience His wraparound presence, not just occasionally, but every moment. I'm up for that. Verse nine says, My heart and my soul explode with joy, full of glory. 
For you bring me, for you, God, for you. Where does it come from? From you, for you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. You know, tonight you might be wondering, where is my prize? You might be wondering, where is my portion? Where are my pleasant paths with all those privileges that you just read about, Bobby? Would you know where they are? They're actually hidden in His wraparound presence. His wraparound presence. And that is something that I can't do for you, nor you for me. You have to discover that. And that is an an adventure and a wonder for all of us to discover His wraparound presence in Jesus' Name. So you know what, girls? Come out of the shadows. These are declarations I'm speaking over you. Come out of the shadows. Recognise the shadows, defeat the shadows, help one another emerge from the shadows and show this world because of what is in you and on you, the light, that actually light has dawned for them also. Light has dawned for them. Because I wrote down here, what is not to love? Everyone say that, what is not to love? What is not to love about Isaiah 9 and Matthew chapter 4, where it literally says, praise the Lord, for those walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And again, it was prophesied in Isaiah 9 and it was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 4. For those walking in darkness have seen what? A great light. And in those living in deep darkness, if you think about this world, some of you girls, even in the room tonight, you're actually in a space of darkness. Do you know what? A light has dawned. And our hope tonight is that your eyes are gonna open to the beauty and the magnitude of that. Do you know, I wrote language on the front of that um, trailer, the colour promotion, the colour, that next colour season. And I asked this question right at the very front. Do you remember the day the lights turned on? Do you remember the day the lights went on? Why would I ask that? I wrote that, by the way. I wrote that at my dining room table. It usually happens in February when we're projecting into the future. We have to write something. I wrote that, I believe by the Spirit of God. Do you remember the day the lights went on? Why would I write that? You know what, I write it, number one, to challenge our remembrance. That we might never forget the day that the lights went on. Hallelujah. And I write it, to challenge those who cannot attest to that. When they see that language, when they see that promotion, when they see that trailer, when they see what I am gonna put on your hand even tonight, and the question will come at them, do you remember the day the lights went on? And they'll be like, what lights? What are you talking about? And there's a myriad of people, a multitude, multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision who have no idea that the lights can go on for them. And so we have a remarkable challenge. And you know, the light's going on, hallelujah. The light's going on. Uh, it's personal, it's real, it is felt. It is what makes salvation no small thing. And again, if you are living in shadows or if you are living in literal, total darkness, because you can, you can, like I once, I don't live in darkness. I live in the light of God. I haven't lived in total darkness since I was 15 
when I was confronted with the Gospel and the truth and I chose truth, I chose Jesus. So I'm not living in darkness, but I'm telling you, shallow lands come over me every now and then. And the sun is shining, but you know what? We live in a broken world, a fallen world. There is a very real enemy. He casts shadows. And sometimes those shadows come across like great foreboding clouds. And do you know what? If you're living in either that or you're living in total darkness, I wanna encourage you and exhort you to hunger and to thirst for truth, for light. And I promise you, Jesus will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. If you believe it, why don't you give God a huge ovation as an Amen, hallelujah. And I wanna say here also that you know, light is where freedom is found, only. So therefore, there will always be a battle when light is advancing. And Hillsong Church, we're in a battle right now. We're in a little bit of a battle. And we face battles over the years because you know what? Light is advancing, truth is advancing, songs are going out into the atmosphere, truth, hallelujah, revival is coming. Greater revival, revival is here, but greater revival is coming. And there's always gonna be a battle because darkness doesn't like light because light always displaces darkness. Amen. Second thing that you were never destined for is displacement. You are never destined for displacement. Do you know the serpent and it tells of the serpent in John 10, 10 comes only, the Bible says he comes only to steal, kill, destroy and displace. Jesus Christ comes only to bring life and life abundant. And you know, when I'm talking displacement here, I am talking displacement from the heart of God. I am talking displacement from the peace that passes all understanding. Displacement from that sense of belonging that comes with healthy family, which is why our signage outside where it says, welcome home, it messes with people in the most wondrous way when they see that for the first time because they have had a sense of displacement. They have no sense of belonging because they've never belonged in a natural family, let alone knowing that there is a beautiful God spiritual family So I'm talking about that kind of displacement. I'm talking about displacement from the household of God, that when it is healthy, it will facilitate everything we need in life to help us achieve everything we are in Christ and what God has called us to. Displacement, you were never never destined for displacement. And I might be talking in some ways to the choir tonight because you girls are heart and soul here, but there's gonna be lives sitting in here and I'm telling you, you you were not called for that. You are not. And when this message goes wider, it's gonna resonate with people who are feeling extremely displaced. Do you know everything about sin and independence, everything about sin and independence, um, sin and independence is to displace. The seduction in the garden, the seduction in the garden, when that serpent slithered into the garden, when he distorted the truth, when he sold humanity a lie. The whole intent of that was to displace the man and the woman from their true identity, their true purpose and their true position. And you know what? Since that moment, Christ Jesus, I was gonna say God love Him and He does. (laughs) Since that moment, our beautiful Jesus and His true church down through the, the, the chronicles of time, have been fighting to bring that back into balance and back into true intent 
So everything about that is about displacement. And it's why I actually love the lyrics that are in the song Eden, that is the soundtrack on that trailer. It is our song. I mean, if I could tell you stories, it's like remarkable how God, the kindness of Jesus when we're planning things and dreaming amid so much, but you know what, He just saves moments. And it's like, we need beautiful music. And it's like, Cass is like, we have this song and we haven't used it. And when I heard it, it was like so perfect. That is the kindness of Jesus all the time. But the lyrics of that song literally say, Oh heaven's tree, where I found life again, and the serpent is nowhere to be seen. Buried in defeat, I found your grace. For I am Adam, I am Eve, and Eden is restored to me. How beautiful is that song? So the next time you listen to that soundtrack, you're like, oh, it is that. Everyone go, oh. Do you know what, as women, let me declare this. As women, we are not below, beneath, behind. We are not secondary. We are not unequal to, and we are not of no value. As women, we are worthy of inclusion, of embrace, of involvement. We are worthy of unconditional love and, access, ex, love and acceptance in the same manner that the sons are. And you know what? This sisterhood exists to champion that. And if by any chance you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, I'm not really that interested in this thing called sisterhood. Listen to me. It is not just a poncy little thing that we do. This message matters. This message matters. And it actually matters. It matters to more than half of the entire population of the entire world. So this is not for the faint hearted and this is not for the Ponzi. Hallelujah. I don't even know what Ponzi is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it is not. It is a powerful message. So again, I wanna say, girls, come out of the shadows. When it comes to displacement, deny the enemy his pleasure. Oh my gosh, I haven't preached that for years. His pleasure, His desire against you. No, 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 no. You rise up and you say, no, I'm gonna deny you. You slithery serpent. You spirit of darkness. No, I am gonna deny you your pleasure in my life. Deny displacement in your own life by finding yourself in Christ, hallelujah. Deny the generational imprint of displacement going any further. Come on, girls, I wanna challenge us. In every location, right across Europe, everywhere, Africa, the whole nine yards, South America. I wanna exhort you. Come on, let's break some of these generational curses in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hallelujah, let's do that. And you know what? This truth applies to so many things. It applies from everything from identity to involvement and in bringing solutions to the world. It involves everything. And I'm, I just wanna, I just wanna um, challenge you to do that. You know, when it comes, if I was just to take those two examples, like identity and involvement. Like when it comes to identity, um, <clears throat> let me just get my thoughts here. When it comes to identity, in Christ, so in Christ, no one is less. In Christ, no one is less. In the world, that's a different thing. The world out there is a different playing field. There is a hierarchy of value. There is a hierarchy of distorted reality. 
but not in Christ. In Christ, no one is less. So yesterday when I was preparing this, um, I just pulled my pants up a little bit here. But when I was preparing this, I remembered that I had this magazine cover and I've hung on to this magazine for a long time, okay? So basically it's a Harper's Bazaar, all right? Anyone remember that? I haven't bought one of these for a wee while. And um, it's, I don't know how old it is, but anyway, I've kept it. And of course it's got Angelina Jolie on the front. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And up here it says, and then God created Angelina Jolie. You know, like, and then God created Angelina Jolie. Like she is His crowning creation. Now, to be truthful, Angelina is beautiful. God bless you with that cough over there. It's my lorry. (laughs) Okay, the girl. I mean, let's face it. She's pretty easy on the eyes. I mean, God was definitely having a good day when He created her. I mean, really. Kind of reminds me of a moment where Brian was in the um, Qantas lounge um, in LA and uh, he texts me and he goes, oh my gosh, you're not gonna believe who just walked in. Ah, Angelina Jolie and all her children. And then next minute he sends me a photo, you know? One of those pesky sort of like starstruck people's photos where you go, you know? And, And you hope that they're not looking. Yeah, so he sends me the photo. It's a person with no head. (laughs) He completely chopped off her head. I'm like, honey, you got this close to Angelina Jolie and you cut off her head. (laughs) How ridiculous is that? But you know what? The truth is she is beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. She's got a lovely head. But you know what? She is no more God's crowning creation than you and I are. And you know, we've got to get over this stuff that is comparison, that displaces us from our true reality. And I think I wrote down here, if there is one place the devil loves to traffic, it is in the shadows of displaced identity. Or what about involvement, if I was to go there? You know, personally, I believe that, again, in Christ, I don't believe that, um, you know, involvement as in wanting to change the world and make a difference. I actually don't believe that um, in Christ we have to fight for that power space. Now, some of you might disagree, and definitely out in the world, it's 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 a power fight. But I think in Christ, no. Rather, I would say, fight to become more Christ-like. Fight to mature in your gifting and your measure, fight to become more trustworthy and willing. And I promise you, God will bring you to every single table of influence that He has purposed for you. I really do believe that. And there are girls in here and you have a desire to make the world a better place. You have a desire to make a difference. And look at me, you will. You will, as you hunger and thirst after Him, as you seek Him first in your life. Scripture says, seek first the Kingdom of God and all His righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you. Amen? Third thing that you were never destined for was to be muzzled, silenced and not heard. Amen? 
And sometimes, sometimes I wonder when I look at that, sometimes I wonder if the historical oppression of women down through the ages has not been because, has been because rather, her voice is so redemptive. Oh yeah, think about that. Her voice is so redemptive. Think about Eve. You know, when I think, I mean, I was thinking about Eve yesterday. I was like, Eve, you know, sometimes we think about Eve, but I don't think we think about her voice. What, what was her voice like? What was so beautiful? What would have been so magnificent about her voice? I think sometimes we might imagine Eve and we might think more about her body as she pranced around the garden naked. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Like, wow, what freedom. Maybe you're thinking more about Adam prancing around the, the garden naked. Or we're just thinking about both of them prancing around the garden naked. And I think sometimes we like, we camp there, but it's like, hang about. <laughs> hang on, man. What about her voice? What was, what was perhaps in her voice? I mean, why has it been through the ages until recent history that it's like women, women are seen but not heard? What is, is there, a, is there something redemptive in our voices? And I know girls, we have high-pitched voices and we all get up here and go, ah! And it's like the boys like block their ears. <clears throat> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I don't know. I'm talking about the measure. I'm talking about the unseen. I'm talking about the miraculous. I'm talking about the redemptive within our voice. You know, Proverbs 31 exhorts us to open our mouth to raise our voices for those who have no voice. In the ESV, it says, open your mouth, open your mouth, hallelujah. Open your mouth, <clears throat> judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. In the message, it says, speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and the destitute. In the Amplified Translation, it says, open your mouth, judge righteously, administer justice for the poor and the needy. This is a strong list of words. Stand up, speak up, speak out, defend, administer. You know, just one thought here. Muzzle, muzzle the mouth of the one created to be helper, because that's what Genesis says of us not beneath or below, but helper. So muzzle the mouth of the one created to be helper and you muzzle the mouth, you muzzle the one who has been called to come alongside, to stand in the gap, to help and to be a blessing. That is the meaning of the word helper. And when the world becomes void of that expression, the one who is called to come alongside, help, stand in the gap, be a blessing. When the world is void of that expression, in the feminine heart, in the image of God, do you know what? The world becomes a sad place. And so you know what? Relationships need helpers. Marriages need helpers. My marriage needs a helper. I'm it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your marriage needs a helper and you've been called to be a helper. That's not subservient. That is not less. That is a God-given, beautiful gift fashioned from the heart of God for humanity. Do you know that 
children growing up, kids growing up need helpers. Immature minds need helpers. I had a conversation out Christmas, Sunday night out, out here. A young man kind of pounced on me and, and it started just like, like everything. And it was like, hold on, mate. And I talked to him and I said, listen, just email me. Because he was just like a swirling. And when he emailed me today, earlier, I think it was earlier today, I answered him. You know what? He, just, he was just an immature mind, a good mind, but an immature mind that needed a helper. Do you know, up here, the household of God, the church needs helpers and leaders and governments need helpers. So I'm saying, girls, come out of the shadows, find your truth and find your convictions and find your grace zone and find your personal revelation light on how you can be His voice in a world that is going bonkers. The world is going bonkers. That's for you, Lalita in London. Okay, we were last week with our global board and Lalita is an amazing girl. She works for Google. We were having a conversation and I'm saying, geez, the world, she said it, the world is going bonkers. I'm thinking we need a T-shirt that actually says that. Do you know, I saw an Instagram post recently and uh, I mean, the intent, I understand the intent, but it basically said, angry women change the world. And I'm thinking, maybe not. <laughs> I, know what the, I know what the intent was there. But you know what? Angry women don't actually change the world. Righteous anger will change the world. But human anger will not change the world. Human anger that is birthed out of brokenness or injustice does not bear great fruit. And you know what? There are a lot of angry women in the world right now. If you watch any kind of news around the world, there is a rising up of angry women. And I'm not diminishing why they are angry, their brokenness, the injustice. I'm with you on that. But I'm just saying that angry spirit. So listen to what the Word says, Ephesians 4.26. Be angry and sin not. We get it. But listen to it in the message. It's insane. In the message, it says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. Yeah, that is worthy of a wow, wow. It goes on, it says, and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Okay? All right, let me give you three things. Here's the good news. Let me give you three things. I'm gonna go fast. Three things that you were destined for. You were destined, number one, to know a spectacular secret place. A spectacular secret place. A secret place that brings, everyone say brings. That brings revelation light to every aspect of your life. You are destined for a secret place that is capable, everyone say capable, of facilitating all the freedom that you actually need and desire. Listen to this verse, it's insane. Psalm 137, it says, He has a thousand ways to set you free. Isn't that the best? I'm like, what the heck? That is amazing. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Bobby Houston, right now, he has a thousand ways to set you free. Trust in him. Hallelujah. 
It is a secret place that will supply. Everyone say supply. It will supply all the anointing, peace and protection that you need in your everyday lives and in your for such a time as this life. There is a supply in Jesus' Name and it is a secret place that boasts. Everyone say boasts. It boasts the only shadow that truly matters, which is the shadow of the Almighty. So tonight, let me read to you Psalm 91. Beautiful, Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust. In the Passion, it continues, verses nine. When we live our lives within the shadow, uh, when we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be sheltered from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? Verse 11, God sends angels with special orders. Shut up. (laughs) He sends angels. He doesn't lie. God is not a man that He should lie. He sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. (coughs) Verse 13 is incredible. You'll even walk unharmed amongst the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. Verse 14, for here, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me, says the Psalmist. Because this is the response from heaven to those of you who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's an invitation for all of us. We can all grow into that. Okay? This is what God says. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. Verse 15, I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on. We've got a glorious hero. And He will give you a feast. Hallelujah, verse 16. And you will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Come on, girls, salvation is no small thing. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you that that shadow, that shadow of the Almighty will endlessly affirm your worth and it will endlessly become your supply. And this shadow of the Almighty, the enemy hates it with ferocity. He hates it because he once knew it. He knew the wraparound presence of God and he lost it and he doesn't want you and I to have it. So always remember that, amen? So girls, everyone say girls. Punch the girl beside you and say, hey girl. All right. (laughs) All right, girls, we're coming out of the shadows, right? Hallelujah. So I wanna exhort you, oh my gosh, to tread a glorious stairway, to tread a glorious stairway. You know, the, the um, Psalms of Ascent and the Passion are called the Song of the Stairway. Find the stairway, 
Find your song in the stairway, hallelujah. I wanna exhort you to frequent the gateway. I'm talking in romantic terms here, of course I am. Hallelujah. Up in Eastern Europe, they love it when I do this. They're like, this is so hard to translate, Pastor Bobby. <laughs> Amen. But find the gateway, the one spoken of in Genesis 28. Pastor Brian spoke of it on the weekend. This beautiful um, vision of Jacob where he saw that heaven and earth um, connected with this beautiful staircase, this ladder with the angels of God ascending and descending. And he so beautifully um, brought out something that I've never seen before. He says, what were the angels ascending and descending with? They were ascending with your prayers and with your cry and the lament of your heart and the desires of your heart. They are ascending up into the heavens and they are descending with God's answers. Isn't that beautiful? And this staircase, this ladder, this gateway where God stands at the very top saying, behold, behold, I am here. And He speaks His promises over our lives. I love it in Jesus' Name, Amen. So tread a glorious stairway. Frequent that gateway to heaven, hallelujah. And I'm where a well-worn path to the throne of God, to His presence and to His fatherhood. Find, your, find His fatherhood, find it in Jesus' Name, amen. Second, oh, shivers, I'm so late. Oh no, I'm not, it's all right. <laughs> um, second thing you were destined for, you were destined to birth and pioneer greatness in the likeness of Eve, whose name actually is Life Spring. It means Life Spring. Let me remind you of a prophetic word um, that was spoken over me and us together way back in July 1999. Let me read it to you. Amid this word, it says, I have, I felt the Lord was, well, the Lord was speaking to me and has proven that He was speaking. It literally says, I have surrounded you with women. You get the inspiration and they'll carry out the vision. Listen to it. Press out the limits. Raise women up in the nations. Are you listening, nations? On camera. Raise women up in the nations who know who they are. Women who are, oh, let me, where am I gonna read it from? Praise the Lord. Who know who they are and what they've been called to do. Women who understand authority, women who are not afraid to stand with and behind and under the men of God, but women who will carry a sceptre in their hand and a crown on their head. Think bigger, says the Lord, because I chose you with an anointing of an Esther. Think bigger, the season is now. Raise women up in the nations, press out the limits. Okay, I am speaking and I am prophesying to all of our lead campuses, all our churches around the world. By the grace of God, 2019, come hail or whatever. <laughs> we're gonna press out the limits and we're gonna continue by the grace of God to raise up women in the nations who know who they are in Christ, amen. In Jesus' Name, we are called Hillsong Sisterhood. We are called to be life spring in the nations. We are called to be a spring of life in the continents and nations of the world. Let me remind you of another prophetic word that was spoken over Australia, not to me personally, but over Australia, seven months later after that first one, okay? It was in February 2000, which is nearly 19 years ago. And it says of Australia, seriously, colour was like baby, embryonic. It says, this is a nation of women pioneers 
You are of great stock. This is the hour of visitation for Australia. And from Sydney, there will be an army of women pioneers. God is gonna use the women pioneers the way that He used Catherine Booth. That was in 2000. Colour was fledgling. We were like, I don't even know where we were, next door in the hub. So God is doing something, hey? And you know, what was Catherine Booth known for? She was known for changing the world. So again, girls, I wanna challenge you, come out of the shadows, stir up the pioneering spirit. Stir it up more in Jesus' Name. Stir up the measure within you. Stir up the revelation within you that you have been born into an era of His Spirit poured out and what is within you has a part to play in the greatest love story ever being told on this earth. So stir it up in Jesus' Name, Amen. Stir up your ability to be life spring wherever you go. And I could talk for hours on that. Of course I could. But stir it up, girl in your world, where you're from. And you know what, will that take discipline? Yes. Do we always get it right? No. But is it something to aspire to? Yes, in Jesus' Name. I'm gonna get the team to come and join me, if you will. And then the third thing I wanna say to you is that you were destined to change the narrative. You were destined, you and I, we were destined to change the narrative. And you know, this world currently, this world we live in, this beautiful world, but nonetheless, this world has so much narrative and chatter and noise that is not helpful to the human soul. It is not helping. There is so much hatred out there, so much judgment, so much pulling down. And you know, what comes out of our mouths, our narrative can actually Um, ignite life, or it can be the complete opposite. And I wanna exhort us in Jesus' Name. I wanna challenge us with a verse that I felt quickened last week, again at our global um, board gathering. And um, if if I may, uh, it was in context, Joel Houston, our son, was presenting to the global board and to our board. We have great governance in this church, by the way. He was presenting a dream that he has in his heart that is gonna unleash even more, unleash um, the art, the artisans, the young people. It's, it's, It's a dream in his heart and he was presenting it. And as he did, I just felt compelled to read a verse that had been quickened to me. And it literally reads like this, Psalm 127, five. And it says, a household, a household full of children, will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have influence and honour to prevail on your behalf. A household full of children. Hillsong Church and anyone who's visiting, the truth can be said of you and your planting, but Hillsong Church, this is full. This is a household full of children. And you know what? God is gonna raise us up. And you know what? as offspring, you're gonna have influence and honour that is not gonna bring shame, but it is gonna bring glory to God, amen? And so I just wanna exhort you to be, to hunger and thirst for that. Do you know changing the narrative, changing the narrative of this world, changing narrative is gonna take way more than T-shirts and slogans. You know, way more. But I'm telling you something, when truth, when revelation truth, and revelation light 
is woven into these slogans, they will bear fruit. They will bear fruit. When people see these T-shirts, when they see salvation is no small thing, it will bear fruit because it carries truth. At the worship conference, I spoke about us being artisans of truth, that there is truth, the truth of God resonating in our work because if it resonates within our work and our lives and our endeavours, it will bear the most remarkable fruit. So salvation is no small thing. Kindness is no small thing. Come on, kindness is no small thing. I mean, we are a people who show kindness. I think all of you are the people who, if you have an opportunity to show kindness, you would show kindness. But you know what? When you're on the receiving end, when you're vulnerable and you receive kindness that is birthed in the love of God, do you know what? It's, there, it resonates. It, it, it affects you. I had a little incident last, on Saturday. I went to my hairdresser again because the roots get done every two and a half weeks. Anyway, that aside, I'm sitting there, my hairdresser is Martin. He's a good, faithful, soul-winning guy. And there's another chap who's been in his salon for a lot of years. His name is Scott. I love him. You know, I love him. He's getting married to his partner next year. And I sat down and suddenly he's never done this to me before. He came over and he put his arms around me from behind and he planted the biggest kiss on my cheek. And then he walked away and I said, Mate, Scotty, what, what was that for? Because I just think you needed a hug. Because, you know, we've had a hellish week. You know that. So kindness. And do you know what? It took everything for me not to cry in that salon. I don't want to make a scene. <laughs> but it penetrated my heart. And it was, it was His way of saying, without words, you're okay. We love you, Bob. Do you know what I'm saying? Kindness is no small thing. Compassion is no small thing. Shock and wonder. Shock and wonder is no small thing. Do you know what shock and wonder means? Okay, in a world that is reeling with shock waves, we, the body of Christ, are gonna rise up and we're gonna shock them with the love of God. That's what shock and wonder is. All of these things, and of course, waging peace in a world that is waging war is powerful. So going forward, I just wanna say, as I, I bring this to a close, Psalm 45 is still alive. If you don't know Psalm 45, you need to read it. So basically it is alive. We are riding on triumphantly with our Lord and Saviour for the cause of truth, humility and righteousness. Psalm 68, 11 is still alive, hallelujah. The Lord gives the Word of power and the women who bear it, carry it, proclaim it, publish it are a great host. Isaiah, I'm not Isaiah, Hosea, Hosea is still alive and I will sow her anew in the land. Be found in the new. God is still sowing us anew in the land, hallelujah. So many promises. So I just wanna leave you with this one question. One question, are you, are these promises, are they still alive in you? Are they still alive in you? Because our Saviour King is still waiting for the women. He is waiting for the women. Again, you have to read my books to actually understand that. You have to read the journey, the pilgrimage for all of these years, but He is still waiting. There's a famous poem, it's called One Man Awake. I'm gonna flick it into the feminine. One woman awake, awakens another. The second awakens her neighbour. And three awake can rouse the town. 
and turn the whole place upside down. And many awake can raise such a fuss that it finally awakens the rest of us. One woman up with the dawn in her eyes multiplies. One woman up with the dawn, the dawn of His light, the dawn of His grace, the dawn of His Lordship, the dawn of His coming even. One woman awake with the dawn in her eyes multiplies. So that like Matthew, Matthew chapter four, again, so it says, so for those walking in darkness have seen a great light and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And that is our prayer. That is our prayer as a church. That is our prayer as a sisterhood. Amen. That that light will dawn and that it will affect many. In Jesus' Name. Three things that you are not ever destined for and three things that you were destined for. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Close your Bibles. Close your Bibles. Do you know, before we move on, I just wanna take one moment just to pray for girls really who are struggling actually. You're actually struggling in the shadows. And um. You know, it's one thing to bring the Word of God and to preach it and, and all of this, but we've got to allow time for the Spirit of God to, to meet you where you're at. So I'm just gonna ask everyone just to close your eyes, okay? Again, across all our beautiful locations everywhere. And, um, you know, you don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to acknowledge, but in your heart of hearts, let your heart go heavenward right now. Let your heart go heavenward to a good, good Heavenly Father. I'm gonna pray for you. So Father, I just thank You for Your girl, for Your girl, Your single girl that You have Your eyes upon right now. And she is not lost in the crowd and she is not lost from Your sight. And I pray, Father God, whatever is troubling her, tormenting her, Father God, that in Your Name, You'll begin a redemptive work as she just lifts her heart heavenward to You and offloads her burden on You. That Holy Spirit, You'll draw near. You'll cause the love of God to wrap around her and bring her peace in Jesus' Name. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay, I promise. Take it from me. Take it from Auntie Bobby. Take it from Grammy. Hey, take it from the 61-year-old duck up here. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay, He hears us. Psalm 91, remember? Psalm 91. All right, one more thing. I'm gonna ask everyone not to move just for one second. It's only six minutes past nine. Legendary, what the heck? This is actually important. This is really important. We wanna give girls an opportunity to open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do this in our church every service. In every service, there are beautiful men and women who actually open their heart for the first time to the reality that there is a God in heaven who loves them, who's not against them, but for them. A beautiful Father in heaven who loved us so dearly that He sent His only begotten Son, His Son, Jesus Christ, to earth to lay His life down for us, to pay the penalty, to pay the price, to bridge the great divide that sin and independence created. His Name is Jesus. And you know, you may be here tonight and you love the Lord with all your heart, soul and strength. 
If you've made a decision such as I'm talking, why don't you just raise your hand to me so I know who I'm talking to. You've made a decision in your life at some point in your life and this is so real to you. It's so real. Raise your hand if that's you in testimony. <coughs> Amen? Absolutely. Well, you know what? If you couldn't raise your hand, then I actually believe boldly that this moment is for you. Spirit of God loves you. God in heaven loves you. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you more than you will ever know. More than you will ever know. And He knocks on the door of your, of your heart. In the book of Revelation, it says, Jesus stands knocking on the door of your heart, hopeful that you will open to Him. And if you open that heart, even if you don't understand it all in your head, it doesn't matter, follow your heart, open your heart to Him. And He promises that He will come in, sup with you and you with Him. He'll open your eyes to a whole nother world. And it's beautiful and it's needful because every person needs a Saviour. Every person needs a Saviour. Without a Saviour, we are lost in the darkness and the darkness will take its toll. It will take its toll. So you know what? This is a lifeline. The Lord Jesus extends a lifeline. I'm gonna ask everyone to close your eyes. Again, if you're listening to me on the screen, everyone close your eyes. And if you would like to join me in a prayer, I will lead you in a prayer where you can open your heart to the Lordship of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can ask for forgiveness and He will forgive you and cleanse you and give you a whole new life and a whole new future. Security in Jesus' Name, peace of God. So if that's you, pray this prayer with us. We're gonna all pray it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You tonight in the Name of Jesus. I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You have drawn me to truth. And tonight, Jesus, I open my heart to You. You are the way, the truth and the life. And there is no way back to the Father except through You. So tonight, Jesus, I ask You to become Lord of my life, to forgive me and cleanse me and to give me a new start. So thank You, Jesus, for the gift of life eternal. In Your Name, Amen. 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 Perfect. Perfect. That is the best decision you will ever, ever make. And um, I made that decision at 15. He will never fail you. He's a good, good God. And you need to go forward from such a decision and realise it's actually powerful and you will. If you prayed that with genuine heart, you will wake up tomorrow and you will feel different. It will, the world will feel different. Follow your heart. Stay within the decision, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.